Pray with me. Lord God, I just thank you. Thank you for the victory that we have in you. Thank you, Jesus, that we can trust you. And we can trust you again and again and again as we just sang. Lord God, I just ask that every person here tonight would go out these doors in faith, trusting you, Jesus Christ. God, that this night would be a night where everyone who believes in faith would know that you are a miracle-working God, that you are a healer and you save, and there is nothing impossible for you to do. Lord God, I thank you and I give you all the glory and the honor for the testimonies, for those that were baptized in water tonight. God, I thank you for your spirit that is moving here in your house, and I give you all the glory and the honor. We worship you and you alone. We praise your great name, Jesus, and we thank you, God, for tonight. In your name we pray, and let all God's people say amen and amen. Praise God. It's just real simple in these few minutes. All things work together. Turn to somebody real quick and say, all things work together. Praise God. That put a few smiles on some folks' faces. And for others, they're like, ah, the things that I got going on, I don't see them coming together at all. Well, there's a little bit more to that phrase, and that's all I want to do is just encourage you. And then we're going to pray, and we're going to trust that Jesus Christ is going to take us out of here with joy in our heart. But all things work together. But here is the, the, the full passage of Scripture in Romans 8.28, this, this, this incredible truth that we have in Jesus Christ. It starts out by saying, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. And we know. How do we know? We know in faith, not by sight, because what we see going on in our lives is a mess. What we see going on around us in our city is a mess. Maybe what you see going on in your home doesn't seem like it can come together. Maybe the journey that you have been on has been nothing but problematic. And it seems like it gets more and more difficult for you to press on. But we know, not based upon what I can see, I know in faith that all things work together. I know in faith that Jesus Christ is going to see me through. You have to put your faith in Jesus Christ, not in your circumstances, not in man, not in relationships here on this earth. Not simply because you're getting a good education. You can't put your faith simply in your career or your bank account. You can't even put your faith in simply thinking that maybe this week is going to be a good week. I hope to get lucky this week. Maybe I'll even go play the lottery and see what happens. I don't really play too much, but hey, one out of a million, you know. And some of us, we know what it's like around us seeing people put their faith in so many things. But I know that I'm going to make it because my faith is in Jesus Christ. And we know 
for those who love God, those who know that God is our Savior, those who know that while we were yet sinners, Jesus went to a cross, died for our sins, defeated sin and death, and because I have the victory in Christ Jesus, I love my God. The only way all things can work together is for you to know in faith that you have a risen Savior who went to the cross for you, rose again on the third day, loved you first. And because he loved me first, I love him so much. Do you love God? You see, that's the question. Before I can ask you the question, do you believe that all things work together, first I need to ask you, do you love God? Because that is the key. Is your heart committed to God? Are you fully surrendered to God? Are you saved? Are you redeemed? Do you believe that God went to the cross and died and paid your sin debt? Do you believe that you're loved tonight? Do you believe that? Because that is the key to knowing that all things work together because my heart is committed to the lover of my soul. And in knowing who I'm in love with, knowing that I have the love of God and God being love and God dwelling in my heart, my heart and my life and my soul becomes a reflection of his love. And thus I know because I'm filled with God, all things work together. But do you love God? You know, there's a time in Peter's life, uh, one of the followers of Jesus, one of the disciples, fully committed to following Jesus through his three years uh, of, of serving Jesus and walking with Jesus on the, on the, on the earth. And he was, he, was, he was loud and strong and boisterous, zealous, always talking about how he was going to follow Jesus to the end. And then the day that Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane in this particular park, he pulls out a knife and decides to fight his battle his way and cuts off this guy's ear. I'm pretty sure he was going for the throat, but the guy probably ducked just in time and only lost an ear. And then Jesus, for those of you that don't know, stopped Peter and picked up the ear off the ground and put it back right in its place without any proper stitching but Jesus doesn't need stitching he's just able to do it in the power of his hand and even after that even after witnessing the amazing power of Jesus Christ Peter still runs off into the dark and then he has the whereabout to simply linger close by as Jesus goes through his trial and he denies Jesus three times. I don't know who he is. When he was confronted once, twice, three times, he said, I don't know. And then the third time he swears and says, I told you, I don't know. Bleepity bleep bleep who he is. And then just as Jesus had spoken of days before. He said, after you deny me three times, the rooster will crow. And sure enough, the rooster crowed. And scripture tells us that he was close enough that when he denied Jesus, he was able to look from a distance into the court. And Jesus turned and looked at him. 
And he turned and he ran again. And the Bible says that he wept. And then Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. And there Peter was with the other disciples, locked away, hiding, ashamed, afraid, doubtful. And Jesus just walks right on through, doesn't even use the door, just shows up right in the room. And says, I'm alive, shows him the holes in his hands, shows him the holes in his feet and says, I'm alive. And why did you doubt me? And then within the few days after Jesus rose from the grave, Peter decides to take a couple of his buddies and go fishing. And Jesus shows up on the shore after they'd been fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. And Jesus tells them to cast their net again. And they catch all this fish. And Peter realizes it's Jesus on the shore. And he jumps out of the boat and swims to the shore. And then Peter goes back out into the water and brings in all the fish that they caught. And then they have a fish fry or, or, or fish on the grill or however Jesus liked the fish. But they had a fish roast for breakfast. And when they sit down to eat, Jesus finally has a conversation as recorded in Scripture with Peter one-on-one. He hasn't really talked to him since he sliced the guy's ear. He hasn't really made eye contact with him since he showed up in the room and said, here I am. But here was the first recorded conversation with Jesus and Peter after Christ rose from the grave. And he looks at Peter and he just, he just says, do you love me? I can imagine that Peter wrestling with guilt, wrestling with the the sense of feeling like he's not, he's not worthy of his presence. Like, I've blown it. My life is a mess. I got all these doubts. I'm just not quite sure how things are going to turn out. But Jesus just goes, Peter, do you love me? Jesus could have asked, he could have said a whole lot of other things like, Yo, why, why'd you diss me, man? Why'd you deny me? Why'd you run when I needed a friend? But instead, Jesus just goes and he, he asks you and I the same question tonight. Do you love me? Peter just says, yes. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And then, and then Jesus goes, one more time. Got a, I, I, just, I picture this really awkward stare from Jesus. You know, because he's an omniscient God. He's He's, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, so he can look right into your soul tonight. He knows your every thought. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows what you want to eat later when you get out of here. He knows you can't stand your boss tomorrow morning. He knows who you have offended. And who has offended you? Do you love me? He says a second time. Peter, yes, yes. Then he says, Jesus says, okay, tend my sheep. There goes that stare again. Peter, amen. Do you love me? A third time. And this time, Peter is getting really awkward, getting a little uncomfortable, right? And he says, Jesus, you know everything. 
And in that moment, that phrase, that sentence that Peter says is an expression of confession to Jesus. Like, you know everything. You know my weaknesses. You know my imperfections. You know how worried I am. You know how doubtful I can be. You know my fears. You know that I ran. You know that I I swore that I didn't know you. You know everything, but yes, I love you. And in Jesus, no condemnation, just grace, just love and mercy. And he goes, okay, feed my sheep. There's work to be done because all things work together. But do you love me? Do you know in faith that I've got grace and mercy? Because I need you to be a testimony. I need you to bear witness of who I am. Do you love me? Because I'm calling you. You know, it's the cross of Jesus Christ that calls us unto himself. It's the power of the cross. It's God who went to the cross. Jesus said it himself. He goes, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The calling begins with you and I receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. The calling begins when you and I believe in faith that Jesus went to the cross and you and I have the victory through Jesus Christ because of his blood shed for us. And we know for those who love God that all things work together for the good. For the good of what? For the good of the gospel. For the good of Jesus Christ. For the good of you and I bearing witness of who he is. That's our calling and that's his purpose. You see, all things work together for his purpose, not my purpose. I've heard a lot of people abuse that phrase. All things work together. Yes, they do, but all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. Not what you want. Not how you want to live. It's a life saved. It's a life redeemed through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a life in faith, believing that Jesus is Savior. And when he becomes Savior, your life represents God. Your life represents Jesus Christ. And what you thought was your plan and purpose becomes very frail and feeble compared to the amazing purpose that God has for you. An amazing purpose. His purpose. Oh yeah, Peter. Oh man. Not too long after that, he received this amazing gift, the Holy Spirit, in an upper room. And he was filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the Spirit of God and given this incredible power divine power and he comes down from that upper room with the other disciples and they're speaking words that not everyone could understand and then they were also speaking other languages that people could understand and they were speaking these languages because they were touched by the power of God's spirit and then Peter the guy who cut off the ear trying to handle things in his own way Peter The one who ran in fear. Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times and turned his back on God. Peter, 
the one who was asked three times, do you love me? And he answered right in faith and confessed his sin. Peter went out there that day filled with the Spirit, preached a message about Jesus Christ, and 3,000 some people gave their life to the Lord. He also wrote a letter and close sums up everything that I'm trying to share with you. In 2 Peter 1, two verses, Peter wrote this. He said, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see, this, this is how all things work together. For those of us that love God and are called according to his purpose, we're given divine power. If you love God and believe in faith that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you are able to move forward with power that doesn't come from you. It's power from on high. It's the power of Jesus Christ. And this is power that pertains to your life every single day. Every situation. Everything that you're going through. Is anybody in here tired of trying to figure out things in your own strength and in your own power? Well, here is divine power that God wants to give to you. It's, it's, it applies to your life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. There goes that word call again. You've been called. You've been called to experience the glory of Jesus Christ by which great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The only way to escape the corruption, this world, darkness, evil, bad, deception, lies, the only escape is Jesus. We're going to pray. I need just a few more minutes with you. And I'm speaking specifically to people who have not said yes to his purpose. Not your plan. Not what you think is your purpose in life. But God's purpose. I'm speaking to people tonight that have not said yes to God's purpose. Fully surrendered and fully committed to God's purpose. Do you believe in faith tonight? Do you love God? Do you sense God calling you to this great knowledge of salvation in Christ Jesus? Is there like a stirring in your heart right now for his purpose to change your life and the way you're living? Man's purpose always fails, but God's purpose takes us to everlasting. So tonight, for anybody here that says, I'm done trying to create and work through my own plan and my own purpose in life. I want God's purpose for me. I want just his purpose. Because it's only with his purpose that all things work together for the good. 
And if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. Anybody bold enough right now to say, you know what? His purpose for my life right now. It has to be a full surrender. Stop worrying about trying to please man and just tonight say his purpose for my life. You come right now. I want to pray with you. No more hesitation. Move. Tonight's the night. We're saying, God, your purpose for my life. God, you be God. You be Savior of my life. And we're going to pray. Tonight, you've made the most important decision of your life to say yes to God, his purpose, your life for his glory, your life surrendered to Jesus as Savior. Hey, church, can we just extend our hand to these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful brothers and sisters that are here? And you pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe. I put my faith in you and your son, Jesus Christ. I know now, without any doubt, that you went to the cross and you died for me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. Thank you for loving me. I love you, God. Thank you for calling me to yourself. My life is yours. Lead me and I will follow. You are my savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.